Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! This is Ed McMahon. And now, he... Armstrong and Getty. Anybody seen the white flash? Shall I uh, put my ear to the ground and check my text number? I turn my ringer off when I get to the right to the office. There you go. Yep, the floor is rumbling. There you go. There it is. Door open live from Studio C. See there you are. It is a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. A national nightmare is upon us. We're under the tutelage of our general manager. Impeachment hearings. Preview today, begin tomorrow. The country will be riveted every moment. Men, women, children, goats, dogs. Riveted. Riveted. Many people DVRing the hearings on every channel. <laughs> so they can watch it three or four times with different commentary from the talking head doofuses, <laughs> biased jackasses afterwards. Do you have any idea how many hours of uh, hearings are tomorrow? They're just talking to one person, aren't they? Or two? Yeah. One or two? But sometimes I remember they, they mentioned talk- that the, the person who's talking tomorrow, I think, testified for five hours or six hours yeah. the first time. Yeah. That's a lot. It could be that much. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, so we got to decide how much of that we want to cover on our own program. Yeah. Well, my thought is, you know, we dip in and out, bring you the good stuff, have tape rolling at all times, and uh, highlights. It's going to be hours and hours and hours of droning. I still don't under, quite understand the process. Um. What they're hoping to do. So are they going to interview all these people and then <clears throat> write up articles of impeachment and then vote on them and send them to the Senate? Is that what's going on? Yeah, happen? essentially, yeah. But is it based on what happens in these hearings over the next couple of days? Or is that already done? <sighs> Theoretically, you know, keeping in mind it's a political process that they're going to see what comes to light that gets the most attention. Uh, they'll throw it all against the, the the wall and see what sticks, I guess, and then... After all these hearings are done, after a couple of weeks or whatever, I don't even know how long it's going to be. They'll figure out what articles look good. I don't. My my life is fairly small as I as I pretty much just go between work and school and running errands stuff like that. But in the um, in a little bit of running around, I, I've never talked to one person that that that, that brings this up. No, I, mean, I don't get the sense that anybody's. You know, maybe it's huge in some circles. I don't know, but I in real life. It never came up, and you'd think, you know, something that's only happened a few times in our nation's history, and is this big, and being discreet, you know, the, the we we should play the damn Chuck Chuck Todd clip over and over and over again. A national nightmare is upon us. Right? A national nightmare is upon us, and nobody's ever brought it up in my real life. You know, it's funny. Uh, my life is not huge, but it's probably a little wider than yours at this point, and. I'm scanning my memory banks because a lot of friends will ask me about various issues because they know I'm into it. I follow it for a living. And they'll say, hey, what's going on with this? I am racking my brain trying to think if anybody's asked about quid pro quos and, and, and Russia and Rudy and any of this. And I don't think so. Uh-huh. If, if it's happened, it's been rare. Huh. 
Anyway, let's introduce everybody in the squad. Yeah, have that handy. Chuck Todd, the National Nightmare. The National Todd. Nightmare is upon us. Oh. we gotta, we got to wear that out. Oh, I mean, Mommy, I had a National Nightmare. It was ridiculous at the time when he sent this, said this a couple of months ago on Meet the Press, but it just seems laughable in retrospect. Oh, yeah. The National Nightmare is upon us. Is this yeah. a National Nightmare? It doesn't feel like a national nightmare to uh, me. A regional inconvenience, maybe? <laughs> uh, uh, continental headache? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Chuck. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's the age of hyperbole. His boss has probably said, hey, Chuck, nobody watches your crappy Sunday show. Say something outrageous. you got to get people's attention. A national nightmare is upon us. <laughs> a national nightmare is upon us. The polio epidemic was a national nightmare, you putz! Sleepy eyes, the Great John. Depression, World War Two. Those Please. are national nightmares. Uh, yes, a cable, a cable news show is not a national nightmare. A national nightmare is upon us. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, even if he gets removed, it wouldn't be a nightmare. It's just okay. That's what happened. Right now, now who's president? Right. <laughs> Whoop de doo. Well, and the Republicans would think, all right, we got Pence in there. He's kind of a stuffed shirt. He probably well. Do we want him for twenty twenty? And who else we got? Nikki Haley, but even they wouldn't have a nightmare. I don't think anybody would have a nightmare. Um, anyway, let's introduce our brain. There's our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. I'm disheartened. I was watching Monday Night Football, and I'm a guy that roots for the underdog. Always roots for the underdog. Me too. That's what my dad taught me, and it so, does make it more fun. You, you end up losing a lot, but yes, you do. Loser. Yeah. Well, the 49ers, they uh, had a kicker that had to come in. He just joined the team. He was so new, the coach didn't even know much about the guy. He's, I don't know anything about this guy. He was an undrafted rookie free agent right. on the streets. Selling so shoes so or something. Probably good. Well, it there was good many of those until, jobs in the world. Yeah. And he was doing so good, he was hitting every field goal perfectly, right down the middle. But he uh, had a chance for the game winner. This is his chance to make a name for himself. He's, like you said, undrafted and stuff. Just shanks it. Just, just The was moment terrible. was too big for him. Mm. And it just was so sad. I was all excited. How bad this, was it? I didn't see any it, of the it, was, it missed by a mile. By it, a was, mile. it was one of your low-left hooky, uh, never-got-off-the-grounders. I so mean, it got like, off the ground. It's but. it's like the sort of uh, off-the-tee-box drive where everybody just kind of mumbles. Straight into the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. bad. Yeah. Is he cut yet? Boy, <laughs> and you know what the fu- the crazy thing was? He had three previous field goals, and they were they were visions of beauty. But yeah, they weren't perfect right down, right down the, the middle, end over end. But they weren't game winners with no time on the clock? Well, there were like eight game winners. That was the thing about that game. It was insane. But, uh, uh, there's Positive Sean, who uh, smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well, and uh, I hesitate to bring this up because I know how uh, how so many of you jackals out there just love talking about my cat ownership uh, habits, even though I, I do not own a cat. Whatever. But I am, uh, I am currently cat-sitting for a friend. Uh, my cat yeah. is turned into a cat domicile for a better part of a week. And so uh, not a cat owner, you just have a place with a cat in it. Okay, go ahead. Yes, yes, that's right, Jack. He's a cat borrower, a cat okay. whisperer. <laughs> in in many ways, yes, I am. Did you drink your tea on the couch with your cat? Uh, n- uh, I mean, <laughs> I, yes. yes. <laughs> I was watching something. It was kind of chilly. So yeah, yeah, I, I had some tea before bed. Uh, but yes, uh, so I will be uh, regaling with you with uh, many tales of, of catnip and then mouse toys or something oh, from, I don't know what stars. cat ownerships do. Oh, the cats do they play fetch? Can I play fetch with my cat? They, they don't do anything except urinate on things, in my experience. <laughs> I catch mice. That's oh, pretty yeah. good. Thing. So I added a, I have a new cat outhouse in my apartment, which is not something I'd had before. So that's <laughs> that's just delightful. They call them litter boxes. <laughs> yes, a cat, a cat outhouse. Those are, Although I like cat outhouse. Those better. are delightful to have in your home. 
Um, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? i got to tell you, my personal nightmare was upon me this morning. I almost hit a homeless guy on oh, a bike. Yeah. No lights, dark clothes, middle of the lane going the wrong way, right towards me. I actually had to swerve. Is there some sort of rule among the homeless in the middle of the night? I Because mean, I assume you got these clothes from the Goodwill or stole them or something anyway. Why do you go with dark colors? Yeah. If you're going to ride in the oncoming lane on your bike in the dark. Probably yeah. because you're selling drugs. Oh, yeah. Stuff. You don't yeah. want to be seen. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're doing crimes. You're breaking into cars and stealing bikes and stuff. Right. So, yeah. yeah. That, that explains it. Well, I tell you, guys. And I, junkies. I don't need that kind of rush. Not in the dark of the night, not no. on the way to work. Again, know? the family that, well, they got hit by an unexpected medical bill and couldn't make their rent and they're now homeless. Yeah. Homeless. They're not riding their bikes at 3 a.m. down the middle of the street wearing all black. Those are bums and junkies. Right. And they shouldn't be tolerated. Anyway. Um, yeah, I know. I, that happens to be not that close, but c- close enough practically every day. Mm hmm. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday, November 12th, the year 2019, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's uh, begin kicking the football of logic through the goalposts of the corporate media, precisely according to Rules and Rags at Mark. And finally, divers in Europe have announced the discovery of a new shipwreck from 1917 that contained 900 bottles of liquor, also a shipwreck filled with liquor, your Aunt Carol on Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's hilarious. Aunt Carol has a problem, um, right? <laughs> what are other headlines, Marshall? Well, Mexican massacre arrests. Uber CEOs foot in mouth and Kamala Harris. Worst numbers ever. Oh, up. really? Yeah, well. <sighs> and I heard a, a, one of the pundits on uh, talk shows over the weekend, and he's one of your respected pundits, said there are seven people that could come out of this as the winner. And I thought, I don't think there are seven candidates that could come out of this. Well. Yeah, okay. This is the winner. All right. Um, how's mailbag you got, look? You got a few bucks you'd like to wager there, sir. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> mailbag is fine. Yeah, I don't know. You, <laughs> you ask really that question every day. How am I going to answer that? Oh, it's the best thing you'll ever hear in your life. You didn't really sell it. It's great. No, I didn't. No. Well, hey, you know, it's a admit. Somebody I, weighed I, in on I, this. I'll tell you what. I'll, t- I'll give you this. A couple of really nice Veterans Day notes. Mm, there you go. People there commenting go. on that. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. We're going to try to nail down the procedure of these impeachment proceedings. It's like a teenager over there. How was your day? It was fine. <laughs> what did you do? Right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Just, my my I son know. already does that. He's nine. He does that a lot. It was, it was fine. What would you do? I don't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> Not notable. <laughs> All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Strong and Getty Show. Just as important as how the Supreme Court rules on a case is whether or not they take up a case. They get gazillions of cases pitched to them, and they only take up a few every year. And uh, that's a big deal. Well, they've they've taken up a major case, and Marshall will have that in his news. And this finally, they're going to deal with one of these things. Also, Doctor Google. Uh, is regularly convincing you you're uh, dying of something and when you're not. Durr. Uh, studies on that. Not surprising that anybody's ever Googled their symptoms. Right. Right. Mailbag. Feeling tired, got a headache. Brain tumor, says Google. Oh, boy. 
Your freedom-loving quote of the day today from Donald J. Trump, former host of The Apprentice. The quote is, this donation is the single most important thing I've ever done. In the 90s, New York City was going to shut down the Veterans Day Parade. They really said they didn't have the money in the rest of it, and Trump contributed two hundred grand, raised another three hundred grand. Trump saved the parade, said the parade director Tom Fox, who's a Vietnam veteran. We had asked for donations from two hundred corporations, none of them came through. And then Trump said, "This donation is the single most important thing I've ever done. This is more important than all of my buildings and my casinos. This is my way of saying thank you to all the men and women in the armed services." who have made it possible for me to become a success. Without them, freedom and liberty would be gone. How did I not hear that story yesterday? I you heard... didn't hear it once, ever, no. from anywhere. No. And that is from, by the way, the archives of uh, UPI, United Press International. Yeah, I just, I don't understand why you can't, why more people can't take a stance of, I don't like this person's politics, but I'm happy they did that. Yeah. Well, why, why, why can't people do that? Because it's the resistance. If you're, you know, the, the Bolivian government, you don't say, now listen, Che Guevara is a snappy dresser. Because you, you've been whipped up into this idea that it's, well, a national nightmare is upon us. Mm. Just everybody's so whipped up. Take it easy now. The words of the eagles, not the blanking eagles. Take it easy. Uh, let's see. How about this? I love this. New listener. I remember on going. I remember going on long road trips with my family and listening to music. But whenever any uh, of I or my three siblings got too loud or out of hand, my father, who's a lifelong A and G listener, would put on the po- podcast to bore us all to death. As a college freshman, I decided I needed something to listen to while doing my first desk job. It was tedious. I decided, oh, yeah, Angie, I'll try the podcast. This show is amazing, contrary to what my second grade self remembers, and I find myself listening every day. Thanks for getting me through the workday. Keep up the great work. You keep up the great work. Boy, I have a third (laughs) grader. I don't don't know what about (laughs) AM radio podcasts on long family trips. It was for punishment. It was for punishment. All right, no more Raffi. Right, yeah. No more baby beluga, no more baby shark. Now we talk impeachment. <laughs> I told you to stop hitting your sister. Now we talk about unemployment numbers. <laughs> Financial responsibility. <laughs> Learn it. The backseat nightmare is upon us. The national nightmare is upon us. Right, exactly. Having funny, fun playing your computer video games? Have fun discussing America's health care system. Yeah. That's what we're going to do for the next hour. <laughs> I told you to listen. Armstrong and Getty as punishment. Oh, Fantastic. Funny. Hey, uh, here's a note from Kevin, the Fagafee, a Texas Marine, checking in. Always good to hear from uh, Kevin. Uh, thanks once again for another great Veterans Day show. You mentioned a book about a family that had two sons join the Corps, which reminded me of another book I read years ago. It was released in 03, Keeping Faith, a father-son story about love and the United States Marine Corps. It was a fascinating look at a Massachusetts father that was shocked by his decision, his son's decision to become a Marine. Uh, spoiler alert, Dad does come to understand and respect his son's decision. It is the journey that I found interesting. Hmm. Um, and, yeah, I just absolutely love those stories. Um, it's interesting that people end up joining the military growing up in a family where clearly that was not the thing to do. Yeah. It's interesting mm-hmm. how you, you would come to that Yeah, decision. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's a rebellious nature or, or what. But. You know, maybe someday I will bore second graders with my tale about... <laughs> Uh, my family and how my dad was uh, in the military and 
more or less recommended I not get into the military. Mm. And then my brother, my little brother, ended up being... your webbed feet? (laughs) And my temper, you idiot! (laughs) Um, And then my brother ended up being a career military officer. Mm. So, anyway... Uh, let's see. We told the story about Marshall leaving his phone in airplane mode for an hour and a half after we got off the plane, making it even impossible to get plans together. And Cole writes, who actually puts their phone into airplane mode anymore? Now I know, LOL. Oh, really? Do people? Some people not do that? I always do that. I just assume I'm going to crash the plane if I don't. No, I, I take it like it's a speed limit sign. It's a, yeah, it's a mere suggestion. I forget now and then, and I think, eh. Yeah, I forgot but, uh, the other day and, and, and turned it off. I don't. I've never heard anybody else express that. I think, you know, you're taking a chance on crashing the plane, Cole. But um, you know. Now, I was on some... I actually kind of enjoy being disconnected. Yeah, I do, too. I was on some flight. Was that when I did that private plane thing? I was on some flight at some point where the, the they told us, turn off your phone. And this isn't one of those, ha, 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 no, we mean you got to turn off your phone. Yeah. It's going to interrupt things. And yeah. I, don't, I don't remember where I was when that happened. Hmm. Yeah, I believe there is some substance to it. So, have you ever, I, if you've if you've ever been in a situation where your phone is going through a speaker or something, it's very annoying. Sound. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't have them. Well, it used to be we couldn't have them on here because they would ping loudly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that technology has changed. Uh, stuff we're not getting to includes a great unmasking of Michael Bloomberg. Dude doesn't have a chance. Oh really? More on that to come. <laughs> Our clip handy, Michael. It's the clip of the day because it's where we are, people. It's where we are. And if you don't feel it, there's something wrong with you. The national nightmare is upon us. That's, that's Chuck Todd from Meet the Press. He doesn't the national me- nightmare is upon us. He doesn't mess around. He wouldn't say a national nightmare was upon us if it wasn't. So I, 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 what do I do? Do I like you? Be very get worried. Deadbolts from my house. Do I keep my dog inside? You'd be very, very worried, and you watch every second of cable news coverage of the uh, next couple of days of impeachment hearings. Am I strapped all the time? Uh, I don't know. Whatever you do in national nightmares. The national nightmare is upon us. Carry a taser. Uh, tell the people you love them goodbye in case you're not going to see them again. Right. Wear an athletic supporter and cup at all times, fellas. That would a, be my suggestion. I do have. You. A, I've had a cup on. Yes. Ever since Nancy announced the impeachment inquiry. That's just sensible. Let's the get... national nightmare is upon us. You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani's response. Oh, Let's boy. get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Yeah. Well, it is. I'm not sure anything Rudy is helping with is actually helped by Rudy these days. <laughs> it is DACA Day at the highest court in the land. President Trump's decision to end the DACA program going before the Supreme Court today. In 2017, the White House announced it was ending the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, the Obama-era initiative that provided temporary protection for illegal immigrants brought to the U.S. as children. Which was an executive action done with a pen by a president because both parties, when they'd had both houses of Congress... Didn't deal with the flippin' situation. Keeping in mind that he did that after saying 23 times that he couldn't do that. That's not the way the law works. I can't just do that. Then he did it. And if Congress had taken a whack at it every six months since, they would have had like eight or ten whacks at it. God, Congress is terrible. 
And the lower courts have ruled that the Trump administration didn't have the authority to end the program abruptly and without enough explanation. Why doesn't Congress deal with these things? Anyway, at least the Supreme Court's going to finally rule on this yep. thing. Yep. If you solve an issue, you don't have an issue. Both parties love the issue. Mexico's security minister says some suspects are now in custody involved in the massacre of the nine women and children earlier this month. Three women, six children with dual U.S.-Mexican citizenship gunned down driving in northern Mexico. Investigators believe they were caught up in the midst of a fight for territory between two drug cartels. Others think they were deliberately targeted. I would assume that these arrests are phony at this point. Was there a story about an enormous gun battle or, or long negotiations between the cartel and the Mexican government? If not, how did that happen? They just happened yeah. to see the right guys and snatched them off the street. They weren't armed. None of their buddies were around them, anything like that. I'm telling you, the Mexican government went to the cartel, said, listen, we need three losers. We don't care who they are. We just need three people. How many is it? Whatever the number is. It just says number. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's somebody's mentally handicapped cousin right. and, and some guy who they're a little suspicious about or he's lazy or whatever. It's just it's they fitted the goat's horns on somebody. Twitter lighting up with a hashtag, boycott Uber after the CEO called the murder of the Washington Post journalist Koshoji the a mistake, comparing it to the death of a pedestrian who was killed by one of Uber's self-driving vehicles. It is very much like that. Dana Kasroshahi made the comments in an interview that aired on HBO over the weekend. It's a serious mistake. We've made mistakes too, right, with self-driving. People make mistakes. It doesn't mean that they can never be forgiven. I think they've taken it seriously. What, what's the point of this? I, yeah, I, I remember I was, uh, I shouldn't have been drinking. I was drinking in college with a friend and, and we were roughhousing yeah. and I accidentally killed him and then took a bone saw and cut him off and then... And took him on an airplane and flew to a distant land and got rid of his body parts. So, Whoopsie daisy. And it happens to all of us. So this is the... Who's, who's talking here? This is the CEO of, of Uber. Uber. Of Uber. Yeah. Yeah. But what's his point? He wants Saudi money is his point. Okay. Well, the Saudis are Uber's fifth largest investor. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay, Similar to that, we had the story about Twitter is, is washed with Saudi money as well. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Got a new Quinnipiac. So, so, so one should yeah. think about why Saudi Arabia is so eager to jump onto these these uh, these news these platforms these communication platforms. They, you know, they're obviously going to use them to to spread their version of the truth around. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. It's just, and it's also funny. And Bloomberg's guilty of this, and we'll be talking about this in a couple of minutes. The extent to which people will just say unbelievable stuff, ridiculous stuff, laughable if it wasn't so horrible stuff to get a sniff of Chinese money or Saudi money. Our great tech paragons, please. We have a new Quinnipiac poll in New Hampshire that shows Kamala Harris now polling at her all-time worst, just 1%. Darkest before the dawn, Marshall. You gotta hit bottom before you can bounce up again. That poll's got (laughs) Joe... Joe Biden leading the Democratic race with 20%, then Elizabeth Warren at 16, Mayor Pete's 15, and Bernie Sanders at 14. That's the new Quinnipiac numbers. (laughs) Meanwhile, Disney's new streaming service is now available, Disney Plus, offering hundreds of Disney-related movies and TV series for $6.99 a month, 7 bucks a month. Got a couple of texts from people who've already signed up. I will likely sign up today and probably say goodbye to Netflix. 
I'll be watching at least two hours of programming of it today uh, when I get home to sign up for it. Disney ABC, ABC Disney, covering up stories of child rape. Go ahead. Give them money, fools. Is there stock- I will not support I them. I like Aladdin. Is their stock <laughs> going to go up? I think so. A Jeopardy contestant is, uh, well, is making the news because he managed to get Alex Trebek to cheer up when he gave an answer last night on the Tournament of Champions. The contestant wrote, we heart you, Alex, instead of a final Jeopardy answer. Let's take a look at your response. Did you come up with the right one? No? What is, we love you, Alex? That's very kind. <laughs> Thank you. Cassio, 1995. You're left with five bucks. Okay. That was very oh, nice, and, sweet. and he didn't know the answer, obviously. Right. Because right. if he knew the answer, he would have written it down. Right. I love right. Don't sour this. I just Don't love you do it. A teary Trebek yanking almost two grand away from this man, oh, leaving yeah, him with end, $5. And you lost two grand. And you're in last place. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, that, it's, it's so interesting that that's, that's what he wants to do with his final days, yeah. is continue to host Jeopardy. Yeah, it is. I mean, you got to do something, but... Uh, right. That's what he... That's not, you know, I don't think it's... Well, I don't know. I might want to do this radio show up to the last day myself. I don't know if I were, if I were going out. But he's he's in bad shape, right? Yeah. 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 Boy, I tell you, what a game. San Francisco 49ers are perfect no more. Oh. Attempt to stay undefeated. Oh, he punched at it. <laughs> and it had no chance at all low and off to the left the moment was too big wait that's yeah that's that's uh, that's, that's unfair that's the soundtrack i hear in my head most of my life that sort of thing <laughs> the moment is too big oh that was a disaster he just he had no business even trying just oh that was yeah. awful and the 49ers That's kicker. The soundtrack of my life. 49ers <laughs> kicker Chase McLaughlin missed the 47 yard field goal attempt in overtime. In golf terms, he hit it fat. He, he caught his toe in sweeping. Jack, you know I was a gifted field goal kicker. I On the air, live on the air, I kicked one that would have been good from 50. Yeah, um, yeah he just he, he, he caught it fat. Yeah. And uh, after kicking three absolutely gorgeous field goals, they were works of art. I mean, it was the story. Yeah, lots of people can do it in an empty stadium when the game's not on yeah. the line. Loser! <laughs> There's an alternate camera no, view. No, no, it was during the game. Loser! <laughs> there was an alternate camera view of people in the tunnel, and they had to get out of the way of the ball. Ah! It was that far off that it, it almost took out some of the, the sign waivers from the, that were getting ready to run it's out like on the field. like when I'm on the tee yeah. box. You're not safe there. I know you think you're safe there. Move further back. Stand in the middle. <laughs> You'll be all right. Yeah, the Seahawks hand in the Niners their first loss of the season with a 27-24 OT win. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So, um, uh, Joe says Bloomberg's done. He'll explain how that is. Uh, Yeah, we have a couple of brief candidate notes. Also, 50-year anniversary of something uh, cherished from your childhood, but but awful now. No. It's taking a terrible turn. Is another national nightmare? Yet another national nightmare. How many national nightmares can we have? A national nightmare is upon us. chased by a bear. I wake up. I go to the bathroom. I come back to bed. Then there's a knife-wielding guy trying to stab me. And then I wake up again. And then it's, 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 it's a and series of national witches, nightmares. And I'm flying These are the and... worst times ever. The national nightmare is upon us. Oh, for goodness Chuck sakes. Todd, meet the press. National nightmare. <laughs> uh, all that's on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Armstrong and Getty. celebrated its 50th birthday today. It was a very fun episode. I might not have shown Grover's prostate exam, but it's still 50 years and they're still learning their ABCs. Is there a carbon monoxide leak over on Sesame Street? I wish oh, they were still learning their ABCs. Instead, they decided to learn Spanish and social justice. That's right. More on that in a bit. It was Sesame Street's 50th birthday. Many thanks to Brian in Mississippi for hipping us to uh, Michael Bloomberg's interview on PBS, Progressive Bull S, he says. That's, I didn't realize that's what those letters stood for. I know NPR is nakedly progressive radio, but uh, Brian in Mississippi talking about an interview he did with Margaret Hoover. Um, and uh, we'll just sir, a reason you said it that way? <laughs> said what? What way? Mm, okay. Um, so, uh, Sounded like you said Hoover. So she's asking uh, the mayor, and keep in mind, and Jack has been, uh, be broke this story more or less, that Bloomberg has been trying desperately to get back into China because he let his Bloomberg News publish something critical of the Chinese regime, and they said, that's it, you're out. So he's been kissing Chinese ass ever since. What, the biggest financial market in the world? Right. Booted him out? Yeah. He's a financial network? Yeah, listen, I get that. On the other hand, if the devil says you want to dance and you say yes, well, look out. It's going to change you. So anyway, this is his interview with uh, Ms. Hoover. Oh, they're talking about global warming and how to get uh, China and India to do something about it. Got to be good and loud, Michael. How do you get China, India, and the other countries to be good partners? China is doing a lot. Yes, they're still building a bunch of coal-fired power plants. And they're still burning coal. Yes, they are. But they are now moving plants away from the cities. They, the, the, the Communist Party wants to stay in power in China, and they listen to the public. When the public says, I can't breathe the air, Xi Jinping is not a dictator. He has to satisfy his constituents, or he's not going to survive. He's not a dictator? No, he has, to, he has a constituency to, 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 to um, uh, answer to. He doesn't have a vote. He doesn't have a democracy. He doesn't, that he's doesn't not mean held accountable he can survive by voters. If his, if his advisors is, 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 is the him, check on him just a revolution? You're not going to have a revolution. Nobody, well, then, no government survives without the will of the majority of its people. Wow. So that was a couple of weeks ago, and he got beat up pretty good about that by people who pay attention then, but that was before he was running for president. Right. Now, on a uh, on a debate stage, talking about climate change with a bunch of people who think it's the most important issue in the world, forget it. Would you like to hear me name 25 governments that exist without the will of the majority of their people? And he goes on and on trying to defend that notion. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. Um. Uh, yeah, and then the whole stop and frisk thing that he uh, he he spearheaded in New York uh, is not popular, I guess. With uh, oh, it's extremely unpopular. Crowds. Yeah. Speaking of social justice, anyway. So so much for Michael Bloomberg. Yeah. Um. The ancient billionaire who wants to be president. Impeachment hearings do kick off tomorrow. The uh, televised version of it. People didn't read the book, but they'll watch the movie, Joe. No, we'll see. Oh, we know. We know the call was silly. Just why did you mention Biden? It was dumb. Uh, Kamala Harris still desperately trying to get in, uh, attention through anything. 
says she's a fighter and she's ready to go after Trump. Donald Trump never had a fight on a playground. Well, I did. So she's trying to portray herself now as the tough, scrappy upstart. Mm. The girl from the streets. Okay. All right. Good luck. Um, I, I just, I don't want to hear any more about her. Cory Booker. Is Cory Booker ever claiming to have taken a guy out with a brick or anything like that? Uh, debate on the 20th. Oh, boy. Looking forward to it. So, yeah, yesterday was the 50th anniversary of Sesame Street, which I loved as a kid. Absolutely loved Sesame Street. And, oh, uh, me too. Cherished part of my childhood. Yeah, and the older episodes, uh, my kids love them too. But as I have complained as a parent since my kids were born, Sesame Street at some point over the years decided to go the direction of we're social justice warriors and, um, and more interested in diversity, inclusivity, and all that sort of stuff than sure. teaching uh, ABCs and 1, 2, 3 and simple math. And it became unwatchable. My kids didn't find it entertaining in any way. It didn't make any sense to them. Being lectured in Spanish, they didn't like that. And uh, so there's that. But here are your uh, most popular Sesame Street characters, according to this survey. <laughs> uh, YouGov did a poll. Starting at the bottom, other. Then Abby. I don't, you, I don't know, you, you may not, did you get Abby or did you miss out on Abby? I Abby might be since your kids Abby. were little. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard Abby mentioned in various news stories about, you know, uh, a, a character whose dad is in prison or a character whose mom has AIDS. <laughs> I think or, they just felt like they needed to get a girl involved or something. I don't a know. character with that. severe psoriasis. I find her annoying. My kids find her annoying. But then uh, up the poll, 3% of people listed Bert, 4% Ernie. So Ernie's more popular than Bert. <sighs> oh, well, Bert's I mean, prickly. Yeah, yeah. Ernie's the fun guy. He parties. Bert's problematic. Bert's got a unibrow. <laughs> Um, Mr. Snuffleupagus, I didn't realize his title was Mr., is at 4%. He's very formal. Count Von Count is at 4%. Yes, <laughs> it's probably my favorite. I love the Count. Uh, 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 uh. Um, they have Grover here at 5%. They don't have on the list the option of Super Grover 2.0, which is a fairly recent addition, and that is by far and without a doubt the best character ever on Sesame Street. Uh. Super Grover 2.0 is flippin' hilarious. Wow. What's his act? And never has social justice warrior crap in it. Oh, good. He's a really bad superhero okay. who pilots into some sort of problem. Okay. And then there's some learning experience there. Ah. And uh, and he's and he's hilarious and he's incompetent and it's just classic like campy pratfall comedy. Yes. And it doesn't have any trying to fix the world's problems BS that they threw into it. That's what my kids loved Super Grover. But anyway, regular old Grover at five percent. Oscar the Grouch in at nine. Uh, Oscar more popular than Grover. Huh. Big Bird, who I never liked at 11%. Even as a kid, I didn't like Big Bird. Pretentious. Just, just all right. Just so dialed back. Hi. <laughs> what? <laughs> just, just not bright. <laughs> Pick up the pace a little here, Big Bird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the go-go 1970s you were saying to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> a little too slow for me. Elmo comes in at 13% of people like Elmo. No, oh, that's, that's, mm, that, that was a mistake. That, that was the clip they sent me. Unfortunate Elmo. incident 15 years ago. Um, Elmo yeah. had a good run. They changed Elmo about four years ago into it became way more social justice warrior and went downhill fast. But the the original Elmo was pretty damn good. After the guy up Elmo uh, ended up being a child molester. Oh, that was, that right. was a, Well, no, he, he slept with teenage boys, right? So is that a child molester or an mm. underage Boy lover. It's pretty Catholic priesty. Glad, uh, yeah. And I don't know how that affects the voice Nambla. of Elmo. But, yeah. And, but the most popular uh, character of all, uh, Cookie Monster, according to the survey. 
which came up my house uh, just the other day. Cookie Monster. Uh, Cookie Monster. Like One-dimensional. One very, very one-trick pony. Yeah. One joke there. It's funny. My taste in the Muppets, much like my taste in music, I'm much more a Grover guy. Cookie Monster I get tired of after three listenings. Grover, endlessly clever. <laughs> a lot of depth to Grover. Right, well, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah you, have to, you have to dig him for a while to get it. Love Grover. Is he trying to be funny? Is Love he an Grover. idiot? God, yeah, and Big Bird, again, nothing to Big Bird. Just nothing there. Yeah. Just a blank slate. <laughs> Let me guess. You're going to be kind of dumb and innocent, but well-meaning. Yeah, it, okay. Great. My, my kids have aged out of that anyway, and it doesn't really matter because there's other ways to learn your ABC. But what was wrong with having a show that was just about letters and numbers and kind of funny for kids? Couldn't have that. You had to throw in all this other crap to make sure you you solved every problem, a uh, political problem in the world. Yeah. What well, is wrong with people? They are doing precisely what they intend to do. Their mission is to indoctrinate young people into a far-left ideology. The schools are doing it. The universities are doing it. The public broadcasting company is doing it. They're not doing it accidentally, Jack. They're not like... You know, we ought to teach them the ABCs, but I just can't resist to, to making. No, they're doing this deliberately. They so, know exactly what they're doing. Somebody texted, I don't like woke puppets. That's pretty funny. Um, uh, a, a portion of the impeachment story that's being left out, I feel, I would like to get to in the next hour of the Armstrong and Getty show, particularly around Ukraine and that whole narrative that is so popular on some of your cable news shows. Yeah. So stay tuned for that, among other things. And I'll reveal to you Donald Trump's great sin. The only one that matters. Okay.